Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, it's just one month until the Oscars. How are you coming along? I'm coming along slowly but surely. Uh, Okay, slowly but surely. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The great thing about this year um, is that we have a lot of time. Usually we only Mm -hmm. have a couple of weeks between the announcement of the nominations and um, the award ceremony itself. So I'm really excited that we have more time because I'm not scrambling around as much as I normally would be. Yeah, Um, I normally only get like like two and a half weeks or something like that, right? And then, so you're trying to like guess what's going to get nominated so you're not so far behind. Yeah, and you know, you're inevitably like, wow, you know, there's always something where you're like, where did that come from? Or it's like the father, which just now, I mean, just on the 26th, the father mm-hmm. became viewable at all. And so like, there are sometimes you, like, I never got to watch the English patient until after it won, you know, 37 uh, okay. Academy Awards because there was nowhere right. for us to see it. So the good thing is that because of COVID and most things are not in theaters, you can find uh, most everything now. So that's really mm-hmm. um, exciting because you, you know, I definitely will feel like I'm better prepared than I've probably been in years to watch all of the Oscars. Right. Um, and they're a lot more accessible than they've ever been, which I think is with that, which I think is great. Cause some of these films are not fun films to watch, but they're important to watch. Right. And yeah. The more opportunity you have to see them either streaming or, you know, where you're there, there's not a barrier to entry of going into a theater. I think. The mm-hmm. better. Yeah. It makes, makes it easier to, to sit down and, and watch some of these, especially if they are tougher. What'd you, uh, get into this weekend anything stand out or did you drink anything good over the weekend or oh my gosh um what did i see i saw over the moon okay which is um for best animated picture Mm -hmm. i don't think it's gonna win but i really think everybody should see it i loved it i hadn't i mean i really enjoyed it and it's great for kids um the animation was great. The music was fun. It, it was really good. I also really got into the documentaries. So I watched Time, which is oh, available okay. on Prime Video. And My Octopus Teacher, which you had actually recommended to me a couple months ago. And I finally got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one's really good. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. So yeah, definitely check that one out if you can. See, what did I get up to this weekend? So we watched some of the uh, best picture uh kind of nominees so we watched the collective which is nominated for best documentary and also best foreign language film we Mm -hmm. watched that and then did finally get to uh watch the father rented that and watched it uh last night so that one's really good as well so um you definitely want to get that one rented i don't know if it'll be available to stream for free anywhere prior to uh the oscars or not so you might have to might have to do the the rental on that one so yeah no, but, but it'll be worth it. I'm just so glad that all of them are now available where you can you can at least rent it. <laughs> right, of, yeah. No, not have a clue. But yeah, most everything that has been nominated for more than one Oscar is mm-hmm. available on uh, to rent or it's streaming. So, you know, if if you're if you don't have time to watch, you know, all 56 films um, that are nominated, 
there's, you've got a month, but um, everything that's been nominated for two or more is available and out now. So, exactly, and there's only yeah. 20 of those. So, yeah. So st- still time to get through those, but uh, now, you know, I think I'm ready to, uh, to have a drink. I think I'm ready to get to a meeting with our agent and see if we can uh, see if we can get into a new acting gig. What do you think? Oh man, nobody does vegetables like us. That's I right. Mean, I, I do a pretty amazing banana. Yeah, for sure. I think sure. you, I think you'd make a great kumquat. Um, okay. But if we're going to do that, if we're going to do that, we, uh, we need to order a dubonet. Yeah, we absolutely do. And that sounds like a good plan. I don't, I don't know if a kumquat is uh, really a compliment or not, but I'm going to take it as one. And we're, also, and we're also going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to talk about this week's cocktail. So this week's cocktail is called the Dubonnet cocktail. Dubonnet, mm-hmm. what is in Dubonnet? What is that? So Dubonnet, it's a French aperitif, um, kind of going to be in the same realm as like your vermouths, like a like a mm-hmm. red vermouth, like a sweet vermouth or a dry vermouth. Uh, the big difference here is that Dubonnet has quinine in it, uh, which is an ingredient that you'd also find in like tonic water. So when you have like a gin and tonic, one of the the main ingredients in tonic is quinine. So um, it has yeah. kind of a little bit of those same notes, but yeah, it's just kind of uh, different, you know, herbal notes and spices. It's most commonly drank as just like a, like a aperitif kind of a thing. You just have like a little, a little bit of it, you know, prior to your meal to, you know, get your, get your stomach in the, in the right place to, to have a nice fancy meal. So, mm. but yeah, so that's what, uh, we're doing today is the Dubonnet cocktail. Uh, Michaela, do you want to go through the the recipe for everyone? Sure. The Dubonnet cocktail is two ounces of Dubonnet Rouge, um, mm-hmm. two ounces of gin. Uh, we did a London dry style called Brokers, and then uh, a dash of orange bitters. So mm-hmm. I think you can probably get a, a ton of different types of orange bitters, right? Um, Use Reagan's, which I think is actually uh, from New Orleans, which is kind of cool. Oh, okay. What you do is you take all of this and you put it in a shaker um, Mm -hmm. and you shake it up, pour it into a martini glass. I would um, recommend that that you chill the martini glass as well because this is really Mm -hmm. not great lukewarm like you want it to be cold and crisp yeah yeah um, you want it to be ice cold so so give it an extra few shakes when it's in the shaker yeah. tin. you want it want it to get really cold yeah and then you garnish it with a lemon peel and mm-hmm. uh and drink on and drink on yeah uh so yeah super simple uh recipe it's this is a fairly old cocktail goes way back but yeah it's just the the two parts there so just gin and the Dubonnet. So kind of two note, um, it's two thirds of one of my favorite cocktails, which is the Negroni, which is uh, gin and then uh, sweet vermouth, or in this case, it would be the the Dubonnet and Campari. And I really like that cocktail, but I have to say this one, not my favorite. Yeah, I, uh, I actually made two, um, you know, in the course of uh, doing this podcast, I made one and then I thought I would make another. Um, mm-hmm. And I just couldn't get through the second one, to be honest. And I, I, I you know me, I don't like throwing away liquor, but <laughs> I, this was not my favorite. Um, it's very, it's not the quinine because I love quinine. I love a good tonic. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
there was just something about it. And it, to me, it was very Campari-esque, but I love Campari. So I could not put my finger on why I didn't like it. It was just incredibly bitter. Um, and the, the lemon peel, I don't think cut the bitterness enough with the acidity. I, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not really, it just was not my drink. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite. I, I do plan to revisit it and play around. If you look for recipes for this online, you'll see people using uh, kind of the, the common one is equal parts of the Dubonnet and the gin, uh, but you'll see some of them will have more gin or more Dubonnet. Um, this mm. is apparently one of the queen's uh, favorite cocktails. She'll have one like every day after lunch or before lunch or something. But I think uh, she takes hers as two parts Dubonnet and one part gin. I don't, but I don't, I don't know. I, I need to play around with it a little bit more and see if I can find a sweet spot, but I'm probably going to just stick with the, uh, the good old tried and true Negroni. I think if yeah. I'm going to go this route. So yeah. Yeah, no, but, let me let me know uh, what the queen does, because that's that's interesting. Yeah, um, I can't imagine drinking this one every day, but yeah, you know, do you I, do you queen? I, I guess if if someone will make it for me to have with my lunch, I guess that I would drink one. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there is that. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I wonder, because in the film that we're going to talk about, about which is Tootsie, mm -hmm. you know, the the character who orders this just says, can I have a Dubonnet with a twist? And so I'm wondering if kind of like the sweet vermouth with a twist, if that might lend itself just to a different flavor profile. So you just skip the gin altogether. Mm -hmm. um, I might give that a go, but I don't yeah, know. This wasn't my favorite. Sure. Yeah, not but my some favorite people either. swear by it, you know? Yeah, it, it's very popular, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't one of my favorites. So let us know at home if you make one of these. Let us know what you think about the uh, Dubonnet cocktail for sure. So well, we have these made and I, like you said, we're not going to let them go to waste. So I think we should probably drink them anyway. So why don't we take a quick break and then we'll be right back to talk about this week's movie, Tootsie. Spoiler warning for anyone who's not seen Tootsie, stop, go mix up a Dubonnet cocktail, watch Tootsie, do not get stuck in a bathroom, come out, we can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And once you get that cocktail made up, uh, we're going to going to get into Tootsie. So Tootsie was released in 1982. It was directed by Sidney Pollack and it stars Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lange, Terry Garr, and surprise to me, Bill Murray. I had no idea that Bill Murray was in Tootsie. Yeah, yeah. And Gina Davis. This was Gina Davis's first feature film. Yeah, ab absolutely. Which I didn't know that either. So, uh, But yeah, Tootsie, popular movie. So it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. Um, and it only won one. Jessica Lange won for Best Supporting Actress. Now, interesting, because uh, Jessica Lange and Terry Garr were both nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Jessica Lange won the award there, uh, but it didn't win any of the other Academy Awards it was nominated for. So Dustin Hoffman was nominated. It was nominated for Best Film. Uh, it did, however, in kind of keeping with the theme of our Oscar Golden Globe season, it did win the Golden Globe for uh, Best Picture in the Comedy and Musical category. Yes. Uh, E.T. won for the drama category that year, but the but the Oscar prize ended up going to Gandhi that year. Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> it's again, you know, I think when we when we do like a study between the Golden Globes and the Oscars, right, the Oscars mm -hmm. really try to make decisions um, and, and to pick films that are important, but not necessarily fun to watch. <laughs> right. Sure. Right. And Gandhi definitely was a beautifully done film, um, but it is, it's not the most uplifting uh, story and comedies never win. 
I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a running joke, right? If it's a comedy and it's been nominated, it's basically um, a diamond in the rough. So to just to be nominated for in Tootsie is definitely a comedy. It's it's very lighthearted and it's a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, for sure. But it's uh, I was glad to see that it did win the Golden Globe because it's a deserving film. Yeah, and I think in the Golden Globe, I think Jessica Lang uh, won the Golden Globe there, and, and I. And, and it won the the best picture. So uh, yeah. to pick up a, a couple of Golden Globes again. Yeah, so. Dustin Hoffman also won for best actor in the Golden Globes. In the Golden Globes, yep. Yeah, the, yeah. Yep, for the so comedy it was, musical, sure. But it, it did really, really well, which was why it was very surprising. Uh, you know, a lot of people felt that it was snubbed because it didn't get, o- I mean, it only got one award uh, for the Academy Awards, as you said, so. Yep. Why don't we get into the movie here? So we're going to open up. Uh, Columbia Pictures, again, this is the third week in a row that we've had Columbia Pictures uh, bringing us the movie. So if you've been following along with us, we did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So that was the 60s uh, Columbia logo. And then we had in the 70s last week, we had American Hustle. American Hustle last week set in the 70s. So this one, this one actually is the actual period accurate one. So this is going to be the Columbia logo for the 80s. So I guess we're just doing Columbia by the decade. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, eventually we're gonna get to present day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're working, we're working our way up there. But uh, so the movie opens and it got it's kind of on like this makeup table. So you see like false teeth and some hair extensions laying there. You see some like I don't know. It's like uh, it's like wig and beard like adhesive yeah, bottle, really and you cool. see it and you see it uh, going on to going on to the uh, upper lip of our main character, uh, Dustin Hoffman, who's playing a character by the name of Michael. He's kind of gluing this fake mustache on to it. And then it goes into kind of this neat montage. So it's going to show uh, Michael, Dustin Hoffman's character. He's uh, kind of teaching acting classes, but yep. interspliced with this is, is him kind of getting ready and then doing his theater auditions, uh, trying out for some parts. So you get kind of back and forth between him trying out for parts and him trying to help kind of newcoming uh, actors and actresses. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely the quintessential struggling actor in New York city. Right. So it shows him, you know, running to auditions, you know, almost arguing with directors, trying to talk to, uh, talk them into letting him read, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's tough because, having uh, wanted to be an actor in my former life. Um, that's always tough when they say, you know, we need someone shorter, we need someone taller, we need someone different. Um, but he, Dustin Hoffman's character, Michael, he he pushes back a lot. Um, and he's like, well, I can be shorter. I mean, I, I've got shoe lifts or I can get shoe lifts if you need me to be taller. And, yeah. you know, uh, in interspliced with that, he's trying to make some money um, and help other people uh, act because he is very talented and that is not ever in question it's just you know his workability I guess yeah he's going through yeah these auditions and yeah every time he he goes out and he starts reading and they're like oh we're looking for someone older or then the next one it's oh we're looking for someone younger um, but the, then I think at the last one they're like we just we just want someone else that's not you basically um, yeah. and the funny the, the funny part about this scene is that it's Dustin Hoffman so he's very excellent in these auditions right 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 yeah and there's there's one I think it's in this first montage where he is actually in a role and he's mm-hmm. they're, they're acting it out and the director just comes over and he's like love we can't see you on the left side of the theater so in the middle of this death scene I need you to get up and move center stage Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
uh, while I'm dying, you want me to do that? Right. And yeah. he says, yes, yes, I do. And again, Dustin Hoffman's character, Michael is like, well, that is stupid. I'm not going to do that. That is ridiculous. And it's that kind of stuff that ends up being the reason why he is not an employed actor, because again, he's excellent. So. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's having trouble getting parts and apparently, or you get the impression that the parts that he is getting, you know, he's really being sort of a, sort of a nuisance, kind of a troublemaker on yeah. set. So uh, and that's going to come into play later for sure. So yeah. uh, we kind of get through this little montage and you see him then at like this, you know, kind of restaurant kitchen and we're introduced to Jeff, uh, who is his roommate. He's played by Bill Murray. They're there because they're both kind of starving artists, right? Trying to make some money working this restaurant job, which a lot of actors in New York City do. And after their shift's over, they're going to kind of walk home, talk about uh, you know, Jeff's writing this play. They're talking about, you know, how the acting, the auditions were going, um, all sort of this stuff. But they get back to their apartment and surprise, surprise, Michael's birthday, having a big surprise party for him. That's right. That's right. And there's a bunch of people at the party. Um, it's a room full of people. And uh, Terry Gar is uh, a character named Sandy. And she is one of uh, Michael's students. And mm-hmm. they've known each other for a long time. So she's there and she gives this big toast and, um, you know, she's, she's there to help support him. And they're kind of talking through, um, they have these, this, another montage of Jeff is sitting at a table talking about how, you know, what his thought process is as a writer, you know, he's very deep, it's Bill Murray. So it's actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's this mon, mon- poor Sandy, uh, they can't find her. And then she's, they hear someone beating the bathroom door and she has been trapped in the bathroom for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I, I need to remember how I felt. Uh, if that ever happens to me for a part, you know, <laughs> and that's, that is so quintessentially like what an actor it would think. Like it, I, I need to right. remember this feeling because she apparently had been beating the door and nobody had heard her for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so she could, she can call back on it, but yeah. So we find out that, you know, Jeff's trying to write this play. Uh, Michael's trying to get these acting jobs because they're trying to get, I don't know, it was like $6,000 or something they needed to get together to yeah. basically get this play off the ground because, right. you know, no one no one was going to pick it up and commission it, but, you know, they wanted to do it. So they were going to kind of self-fund it. Right. So that kind of that kind of sets up the backdrop for what this uh, movie is. It's basically, yeah. you know, Michael trying to get this money so they can get this play off of the ground. The party's pretty fun, so... You get him kind of mingling around. And then afterwards, Jeff's like, or uh, Michael says, you know, there were like 40 people here. I didn't know any of them. And Jeff, you know, very dry. I love Bill Murray in this movie. Every time he's on, like, he doesn't like crack a smile. He delivers all of these things so straight laced. But he said, I heard they all liked you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I heard they all liked you. Yep. (laughs) So uh, they're they're talking about this play. Sandy is going to be in it uh, Mm -hmm. opposite you know, uh, Michael, Dustin Hoffman's character. And so they're talking about that as Michael decides to, you know, ask to walk Sandy home. And uh, Sandy gets really upset. Like all of a sudden she gets out in into the fresh air of the New York night and starts to cry. And Michael's wondering mm-hmm. what's going on. And she says, oh, I, I've got this huge audition tomorrow and I, I'm, I'm totally not going to get the part and I want it and I want it so bad. And he says, well, you know, do do your act for me and we can we can we can work on it 
And mm-hmm. so now, I mean, it's probably like three in the morning or something, right? Because they right. worked at a restaurant, then they had this party, and now he's taking her home. But they do this really cool uh, back and forth where she's, you know, reading and he helps her, you know, enrage her and has her, you know, go over these lines. And he's like, this, this, this is perfect. What you've done is really good. And she mm-hmm. says, well, I can never do that on my own. I'm going to need your help. And, um, and it's one of my favorite lines in the film. Cause he says, great, I'll meet you at, you know, 10, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I will come and enrage you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if, if you're in that, if you've been in the theater world, right, there are these people that will do this stuff for you. And that's why it's such a, it's, it's, it's an amazing familiarity that you get with some of these people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because there are people that you're, that will totally just drop everything and help support you in a role, um, which was, which was really cool, but you feel definitely that Michael and Sandy are really good friends. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And he offers to, yeah, like you said, he offers to take Sandy to the audition. So you see him the next day. Uh, they're going in to the audition. There's several other, you know, hopeful actresses there for the part and she gets in, they kind of take them all into the room and she like immediately comes out of the room and it's like, I didn't even, he said, you didn't get the part. And she said, I didn't even get to audition. Like, and, they wouldn't even let me read. And so and- Mike, so Michael goes up to kind of I don't, like the casting director or something you know, it's like, I'm going to talk to this person for you. We'll figure it out. We'll get you in there to audition. Uh, but instead of doing that, he finds out that this other actor has gotten a part that he was supposed to be reading for. So uh, say, Sandy's troubles are are no longer his main priority. He hightails it out of there. You see him like running through the city uh, on his way to his uh, agent's office uh, by the name of George. Right. Yeah. And uh, George is uh, played by Sidney Pollack which is interesting. Sydney, in almost every film he directs, he is in as well, which is interesting. I don't know if that's to save cash or, um, I mean, mm-hmm. he, genu- he genuinely is very good in this film. Um, but George is like, look, he tries to level with Michael and says, look, it's you're a great actor. That's not the problem. No one wants to hire you. Like nobody mm-hmm. wants to hire you. you. The last commercial you did you, you went like half a day over half a day for a commercial because you wouldn't sit down. And he's like, I'm a tomato. Right. Tomatoes don't sit down, but nobody plays vegetables like me. Come on. You know, I'm so dedicated. And George is like, dude, just, I, I, you're going to have to do something to change this perception of you because no one will work with you. Yeah. And Michael's basically like begging him. He's like, just, I need, I need the money, right? I want to get this money for this play. I'll do whatever you want. And George is just giving it right back to him. He said, no, man, no, no one wants to work for you. George is like the worst agent in the whole world, basically. (laughs) In this thing. Because again, it's like, it's like, um, why didn't he have the conversation that Tom Cruise had with Cuba Gooding Jr., you know, help me help you? Why didn't that conversation happen maybe two years prior to this when he still had a reputation he could save, right? But right. no, that that's so, you know, Michael finally, he, he, the next scene is him all done up as a woman. He's got a very nice red wig on and mm-hmm. he's got this really great 80s getup with long sleeves and shoulder pads and he just looks amazing and he is um in the cattle call for the audition that we see is the same audition that sandy had gone to okay so he has signed up and he immediately gets into this room he meets the director whose name is ron and he is played 
by a really famous guy, actually, Dabney. I'm gonna I'm gonna screw his name up. Yeah, Dabney Coleman. Yes, plays Ron. Who was amazing in Nine to Five. I mean, he's just he's he's a great jerk character, right? He mm-hmm, plays right really douchey guys really well. Um, amazing. But he turns around and he looks, he takes one look at Michael who now is calling herself Dorothy Michaels and says, you know, sweetheart, you know, you know, toots, I just, I, you just don't have the right look for this role. You don't have the right look. And Dorothy turns around and, you know, gives it right back to him and says, don't call me that we're talking, you know, I'm a professional, I'm an actress. I can do this role and mm-hmm. kind of says, you know, shame on you. Um, and kind of leaves in a huff and people have taken notice because she really just kind of puts him in his place before he goes. And she has this really soft Southern accent, and, mm-hmm. but she is, you know, made of steel. You know? And so this woman who's a producer um, right. follows her out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she basically says it was, were you acting or was that just you reacting to the situation? And, you know, uh, Michael or Dorothy at this at this time, you know, so something like, well, I got if you couldn't tell, then I, it it'll be whichever one you wanted it to be. Right. Which Basic. one will get me an audition? Basically, but yeah. So the the producer uh, brings her back in, says, "I I think you're perfect," and so so yeah. So Dorothy is gonna gonna get this part right, or at least do like an on screen read for it. So uh, then you get kind of a funny scene where. Uh, you get the director there and is, they're like, yeah, don't, don't get too close on her face. Just, just let her go. And then it's like, can we, can we get her to look better? Can you pull back any further? And the camera operator says, how about to Cleveland? Yeah. Oh, poor, poor uh, Dustin Hoffman. He, he, he's, he's not an awful looking woman. He's just not an amazing looking woman. And so, uh, you know, the next scene that we see is uh, Michael dressed as Dorothy and mm-hmm. he is um, at the Russian tea room and yeah, he'd, he, he'd gotten the part, right? So he got the part. So he's super excited. Um, and he goes at, to uh, see George, who's also at the Russian tea room trying to have mm-hmm. lunch. Yeah. And the Russian tea room is very fancy for anyone that doesn't know in New York City. Yes, it's, it's a very it's, famous place. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's I've actually never been there, um, yeah. but uh, but it it's really cool uh, looking on the inside. It's it's got like brocade carpet everywhere, and it's mm-hmm. it's quite it's quite nice. And so yes. George is sitting there by himself, and um, Michael slash Dorothy is you know, she just kind of forces her way to sit next to him and in her Southern accent, get up and is like, hi, it's how are you? And he's, he, George is not having, uh, he doesn't really believe what's happening. And uh, Dorothy finally lets him know. He says, oh, it's Michael. It's Michael Dorsey. It's Michael Dorsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's always, it's always great when he drops his voice, right? Whenever he's dressed up as Dorothy and he, he drops into his Dustin Hoffman voice. It's, it's always really great, but yeah, he, she, uh, she tells him, you know, oh, it's it's me, Michael. And George just is like, I begged you to get some therapy. What are you doing? Why are you dressed up like this? What are you talking about? But Michael, you know, dressed up as Dorothy, says, well, I shouldn't have got some therapy because I got this part. And hey. you're you're my agent. So now so, now it's on you. So deal with this, basically. You got to We got to figure this out. And he was like, oh, Michael, you're crazy. He says, I'm not crazy. I'm employed. You can't be yeah. crazy and employed as an actor. No. 
And yeah, he it, says, well, what do you want? And he says, I need a thousand dollars before I get paid because I have one outfit and mm-hmm. I have got to look like a woman for the next, you know, however long this, you know, contract is going to be right. Mm-hmm. And so, cause he, she's got, um, Michael has a walk-on role. Um, so it's not a permanent cast member yet. Right. Right. Yep. And so there's this really amazing montage after this, I guess George gives in and lends him some cash and he goes mm-hmm. um, dress shopping and, you know, he's, he's like, Oh, this, I think this makes me look dumpy. And they're like, Oh, you gotta, we gotta alter this. We gotta do this. He's buying extra wigs, you know, yep. to, to make sure his hair is all set correctly and, you know, do, painting his nails and, um, yeah, ripping guys him, out of taxis that are yeah you, yeah you see him you see him doing all the shopping and then he's walking out of the store he has like a hundred shopping bags with him and he hails a taxi and while he's like picking up his bags to get into the taxi some guy you know kind of cuts in behind him and and gets in there and you'll just see you know michael dressed up as dorothy just kind of reach in and grab him rip him out of there which is which is really fun so yeah yeah he's done shopping he's got all of his uh dresses and wigs he's in makeup all sorts of things now so he gets back to the apartment jeff's there and they're kind of sitting uh michael's kind of half done up as dorothy at this point i think he's kind of combing out uh one of the wigs and jeff's looking at him he's like i appreciate that you're doing this but this is just for the money right (laughs) yeah yeah uh and michael says yeah dude i just i'm i need eight we need that eight thousand dollars to get this play going i'm mm-hmm. gonna have it he said but whatever you don't tell sandy because sandy auditioned for this role this is the role she did not get um and sandy was so upset she was like I, she was gonna leave she was gonna go back to san diego where she was from mm-hmm. uh, she's yep. gonna leave new york and just pack it up and so um he had plans to meet sandy later that night and so he, Michael goes to Sandy's, he gives her this, uh, to the, he gives her the script for the play that they're doing. And she jumps in the shower and he starts looking through her clothes because he likes her sense of style. And she, he's kind of wondering what would look good on him. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I it, he starts taking off his clothes to try on her clothes, which as you do, I guess, right? I, I mean, I what guess, could possibly yeah. go wrong here? Well, Sandy doesn't take a 37-year shower. She takes his 10-minute shower and she comes yeah. out and he's in his underwear in front of her mirror. Um, and she's really <laughs> aghast. She's like, What are, Michael, what are you doing? And instead of turning around and saying, Hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm I've got this part and it's a woman, or I'm dressing as a woman for this job. Or, or I'm sorry, or or anything. He <laughs> or just it's says, not what you think. I mean, anything. He turns around and he's like, I want you in the most unbelievably false way. Like I I thought she was gonna laugh him out of <laughs> no. the room. Mm-mm. Cause he just kind of walks over his pants are still around his ankle. So he's got that stilted walk and he's like, I want you Sandy. And yeah. she totally buys into it and they end up sleeping together. Yeah. It just, it goes to the, you know, kind of the next scene and they're waking up in bed together. And she says something to the effect of, you know, will I ever see you again? And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Of course you'll see me again. And, he's, and she's like, well, normally when this happens, then, then I don't ever see guys again. Right. They never want to see me again after, after this. And he's like, no, it's, it's totally fine. Sandy is very kind of naive, I guess. She came to New York with these big acting ambitions and you see her kind of getting flustered, locking herself in the bathroom, you know, having this, having this kind of one night stand that just out of, out of nowhere and having the, the bad audition for sure. But yeah, and you feel bad for her because he 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 Michael is there as 
you know, someone to prop her up and say, you can do this and help her with her self-esteem. And so during this, you know, talk where she's laying in the bed and she's like, look at, you know, if, if you're, if this isn't going to turn into anything, just tell me now, because I don't want to wait by the phone and be in pain. And mm-hmm. I, I just much rather deal with it now. And he says, well, yes, I'm serious. How about we just have dinner tonight? You know? Um, but he's like, but I've got to go because I, I have something to do, but he, he doesn't tell her that he, it's his first day of work as yeah, does- you know, yeah, he doesn't tell her that he, that he's gotten this part that she didn't even get to audition for. And he's right. not even really a woman. But so, uh, <laughs> right. So you see him the next morning. Um, back when, when he had spoken with his uh, agent, one of the conditions for him taking the part was that he got to do his own makeup, right? Because he didn't want to have the makeup people uh, saying, obviously, that he, that he wasn't a woman. So you see uh, his alarm go off. It's super early in the morning. And then you get another uh one of these great montages so it's him like shaving his legs and getting his wig on his makeup on all of this stuff uh and then at some point he's he's basically done getting ready right and he goes to wake jeff up to see if he looks okay and jeff sort of uh, you know kind of rolls over in bed and he looks at him and he says mom (laughs) which which is which is just fantastic so uh but yeah she he tells her yeah uh, look you look pretty good so uh he gets out there he hails a cab he's having trouble getting getting the cab to stop so that's another one of those uh funny things where he, he drops his voice you know into his regular dustin hoffman right. voice Taxi! And, and gets and gets this cab so he's on his way to the studio yeah and then he uh he ends up getting uh into the dressing room he actually has a name on on a door which is pretty cool um and uh, but it's not a personal dressing room. He has to share it with someone else. It's where we see Gina Davis. Um, she is uh, another she's a regular on the show and mm-hmm. which is called. Um, Westinghouse General or something. It's a it's it's something. like it's, a it's a hospital, yeah, it's, right? Yeah. And it's, so it's like it's supposed to be like General Hospital, I think, probably yeah, is what yeah. they were what they were going after. Yeah. And Dorothy Michaels slash Michaels character um, is the new hospital administrator. And so she is, you know, Dustin Hoffman's characters in there and they give her a new um, set of scripts for later today. And Gina Davis is like, oh, you're going to, you're going to meet, you know, the, the other, the major doctor, you're going to, you're going to be a, opposite him in the scene and um we call him the tongue because he kisses everybody like he's this mm-hmm. total philanderer and and <laughs> dorothy is like what oh god <laughs> this is like my first day and i've got to kiss a dude and and i can't let him know that i'm a dude and um it's pretty funny it's pretty funny and then of course we see this guy um he's played yeah, this yeah he's played by george gaines um but yeah, he, he's really great. So the the actor, the his character is named John Van Horn. But yeah, he's all the all the girls on set refer to him as the tongue. So he gets he gets a new script. He goes out to uh, to the set and he's introduced to uh, John. And you just you know, he, John's like, hello, and a pleasure to or I'm very excited to work with you. And he just pulls out like a thing of banaco, which if you don't know what that is, I don't even know if they still make it. It's like this breath spray. It's kind of in like a little like like lipstick size tube kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing and you just spray it into your mouth but yeah this like this breath spray and you just see him kind of pull it out and uh spray it into his mouth so yeah the the tongue is uh is gearing up i guess so he's ready to go and uh it's uh it's pretty funny because they go ahead and 
um, start to film. And I mm -hmm. think actually this is an important piece. Michael's character, Dorothy's character drops a bunch of papers all over the floor and mm -hmm. he end, uh, ends up coming face to face with Jessica Lang's character who helps her kind of put it back together. And right. she's like, don't worry about the script. She says, Oh, I, 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 I didn't learn any of the new lines. And she's like, they won't know the difference. It's fine. <laughs> right. And Jessica Lang, I mean, this is 1982. So it was a while ago. She's, she's, she's this fresh faced beauty. She's gorgeous. And she's playing a nurse in this scene mm -hmm. where um, the, I guess there's a character who's lost his wife and he's, she's trying to get him back into this hospital bed, but they are end up, have you know making out or something on the floor and then the doctor uh this van john van horn his character is like what's happening and he can't do anything unless it's on the teleprompter he is one of those actors um right. and so they they do this scene they end up doing this scene and he screws up lines and michael's you know slash dorothy saves the scene right yeah, he just he just starts you know kind of ad libbing, going off script. Um, he you know kind of weasels his way out of this kiss, right? So they so it kind of goes from this this hospital room and out into the hallway where they're supposed to kiss. But uh, Dorothy, it, Michael is like, ah, you're getting fresh with me. He like hits hits the uh, guy over the head with with the papers. You know, every everyone on set kind of kind of loves it. They're they're impressed with this ad lib, right? Um, but he gets out of the kiss and then and then after the after the uh they call take the scene and then you just see john say wow that was that was really great you did you did all that you just made that up on the spot and he gives gives her a kiss anyways so he yeah so yeah. michael did not quite get out of the uh kiss so right yeah no and um but later we see that jessica lang's character which is uh, her name is julie um she is actually having uh, an affair or is, uh, you know, in a relationship with the director who mm -hmm. he is that is the, the same director that keeps calling every, um, yeah, calling everyone honey and, and tootsie, tootsie and, and yep. sweetie and stuff. And they're, you know, Dorothy Michaels characters leaving and Julie and he sees, he sees Julie and the director get into this cab and, uh, they ask if, you know, she wants to join him for a drink. And she's like, no, 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 I'm fine. Thank you so much. Um, and so uh, he goes home. And of course, he talks about his best friend. He starts taking off all of his, you know, makeup and taking off the wig and trying to get ready for the next day. And um, and it, it's it's the first day. So he's he's all excited. But he realizes that he had planned this dinner with Sandy. And mm -hmm. Sandy is in a delicate place because they've just slept together and, you know, he doesn't, she doesn't know, he hasn't told her that he was working. And so he goes over to her house, uh, you know, but by then it's like 1030 and then, you know. Yeah. He's, he's coming up with like the worst excuses ever, right? He's, he says he was in the shower and he got soap in his eye or, or something. He actually uses this excuse a couple of times and I don't know if, if Sandy's kind of buying it, not really, but she's you know, she's letting him get away with a lot of yeah she ends up apologizing to him and he says that actually um and, and this is where we see i mean this is a funny film but it is really interesting how the role of man versus woman mm -hmm. in you know especially in in the 80s in new york what you know in the time and place this was he's like why are you apologizing to me you should be furious with me yeah he says i'm the one that's being a jerk why are you apologizing right. to me and she's still like, oh, but 
you know, this means something, right? Like this meant something. And, and it's just really tough because it's not, it, it, it makes her seem really weak, but it's mm-hmm. not because she is weak. It's because, you know, systemically, this is how she's been treated. And so right. she, you know, I just found that really interesting. And he's starting to notice that that is the, that's how women are being treated, right? Like to get a cab, he has to, you know, yell in a lower right. voice. And I don't think that's just to be heard. It's because, you know, that, yeah, that's he's... what he's having to do. Right. And, you know, to yep. get any respect, he has to, you know, basically be, you know, kind of a witch to anybody who's try, or else he's, she's going to get manhandled or, you know, kissed or whatever. And it's, um, it's, it's, I think the beginning of that uh, kind of starts to starts with that conversation. Yeah. Well, for Michael, you know, playing the role of uh, Dorothy on this soap opera, it's going good. We're going to see him outside of the studio, uh, kind of where the other uh, actors and actresses have been outside, like signing autographs for people as they're coming out. You, you're going to see, um, you know, Dorothy out there signing autographs. It kind of goes around and shows, you know, different people watching the soap opera. Uh, you have one, she has, it's like a TV in her filing cabinet drawer, which is really cool. Um, in 1982, uh, watching it there as she's yeah, working. But yeah, pe- but yeah, people are, people are watching the show. She's getting that, um, starting to get some fan mail and things. Uh, and he gets brought on as like a series regular, the kind of the reception for her character from just that, you know, kind of one-off appearance was good. So, uh, going to be on, you know, the whole rest of the, the season. So, uh, things seem to be going good for Dorothy. She, uh, Michael, he gets a new date scheduled with Sandy, um, back on set, he's doing more ad libs. People still seem to be into it. Uh, but as he's walking off, you know, for this next day of shooting, he's, uh, kind of walking by and kind of in between the sets, you see the director and he's, uh, kissing, I believe it's, uh, Gina Davis's character. Yeah. Um, April uh they're kind of in like this like I don't know like costume rack kind of a thing and he looks over there and and sees her and you know thinks that that's 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 not a that's not a good way to uh treat Julie so right right and you know Julie and um Michael slash Dorothy um are becoming kind of fast friends right so Mm -hmm. you know Julie calls her up and says hey you know do you want to read some lines later tonight because we have to do all these rewrites um, do you want to go over some things? And, uh, he says, oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, I can do that. And so, you know, Dorothy slash Michael goes home, tries to pick a new outfit. It's really cute. He's like, I just, it's our first date and I want to look good for her. And it's kind of weird because it's like, this is totally not a date. Like she is asking you as a friend because she thinks you're a woman. This is not the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, they, she goes over and um, she sees that Julie has a 18 month old child. Um, so she's a single mom and it is not Ron's child. It's, you know, someone else's. Um, and so they talk a little bit about Ron and, um, you know, they go through some of these lines. And what I find interesting is Michael slash Dorothy asks her a very serious question mm-hmm. um, and basically says, you know, use that. Then he's like, why do you drink so much? And she's like, oh, I just don't think you should worry about it. And she's like, and that's, that's exactly what you need to do when we have this conversation in the script, which is pretty, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But he realizes, you know, after this great time talking to Julie and getting to know her and more about her life and how she's not super happy with Ron, but she doesn't really know what else to do. And she, she's not, she's, she's not stupid. Like she knows that he's 
you know, kind of a douchey guy, but she doesn't, she, she doesn't want Julie or she doesn't want Dorothy slash Michael to worry about it. Right. She'll, she'll figure it out. But halfway through this evening, Michael realizes yet again, he has yeah. missed a date <laughs> with yeah. Sandy. Yeah. Two date two dates in a row. So he, he realizes he's late. He does, you know, kind of get himself out of there and, uh, you know, gets home, has to, has to change out of Dorothy's get up and change back into, you know, his own and, and uh, Michael's clothes. So he does that. He gets over to uh, Sandy's and Sandy had been over by Michael's apartment. And he, he's like, I saw this woman going into your apartment. And he's like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? You, you, you don't know what deny, you're. I you, you don't deny. Yeah, you don't you don't know what you're talking about. That was probably one of Jeff's friends, maybe. I don't know. Um, so she's she's upset because she thinks that Michael's been with this woman, but she's even more upset about the fact um that there's this character on the the soap opera, the one she was supposed to audition for, has now turned into kind of this series regular. And she's like, Well, that was supposed to be me. This, you know, this actress, she isn't even as good as me. And you know, Michael's kind of kind of defensive about it. He's like, No, she's pretty good, right? I think so. I've heard she's all right. I mean, I haven't, I haven't really listened. I don't, I don't know, but I heard she was amazing. And she's yeah, like, I, no, he's, she's old. And she's, she's got this weird Southern accent and she's, she's awful. She's absolutely horrible. <laughs> and, and Michael's like, well, now is definitely not the time to tell you that that's me. So he does yeah. not. Yeah. So he, he does not, he decides to uh, keep that to himself, uh, you know, kind of to, placate her i guess as as best she could and she still seems to be uh into michael despite despite all this going on so but gonna get back on set um michael's still going through still ad-libbing pretty much all of his lines and you can see now um kind of some some cracks in it right it's starting to wear a little thin on you know on the director on the producer they're starting to you know you know there's a there's kind of a fine line that that you're going to be allowed to walk in some of these so it's starting to get a little thin, but people really seem to be liking Dorothy's characters. So you'll see a, a really cool montage again, um, a lot of uh, fan mail coming in, and then you're going to see Dorothy on the cover of all these magazines. So it's on the cover of Cosmo, on uh, Ms. Magazine, Women's Day, Life, TV Guide, People. And then the last one is the New York Magazine. And that's when you see kind of the the kind of the main like cover movie poster picture yeah. of Tootsie Wood. Uh, uh, when Dorothy's made up in this uh, like American flag kind of sequin uh, top. Yeah. Yeah. And it's neat. I mean, he's talking to his agent. He's like, Hey, you know, should I get, you know, should I get more work for Dorothy? What are we, what are we doing with that? And um, you know, George uh, invites Michael to a party, but not as Dorothy as Michael. And so he's Mm -hmm. like, Oh sure. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And um so Michael shows up and um, it's kind of a, a, it's one of those big New York parties where who, you know, who, 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 anybody who's anybody is going to be there. And um, he mm-hmm. sees, um, he's actually brought Sandy with him. Um, so it's like a date. Apparently yep. she's willing to go on a fourth date with him, even though he screwed up the first three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Sandy. Anyway, but then, uh, you know, so they're there as a couple, but then Michael sees Julie and the douchey director guy uh, there, and uh, they come into the party. And, you know, one thing that's important is when Julie asked Dorothy slash Michael over and they were going through lines, one of the things that 
Julie had said was she didn't understand men and how if they if they were attracted to someone, why they couldn't just go up to them and be like, hey, I'm attracted to you. I'd really like to make love to you. Are you up for it? And so, you know, mm-hmm. I again, Sandy is Michael's date, but he decides that now is the time to find Julie alone at a party and say this exact same thing to her. Yeah, they're out on the balcony and he says it verbatim from the what she told him at the apartment. Uh, she doesn't seem to pick up on the fact that it was verbatim, but she does find it a little skeevy. So she's going to throw her drink on him, which I guess you probably should do. That makes sense. But yeah, it's it's just it's it's really I just found it strange that he would say it like exactly word for word. Right. Like not even trying to hide the that you're and at that point uh, she, undercover basically as Dorothy. Right. and at so. that point she still doesn't she doesn't think that he is Dorothy she just thinks that he's the skeevy guy who's now you know done exactly what she fantasized she thought she wanted at one point <laughs> and so um but it's pretty funny it's a pretty funny line because you think her eyes get kind of wide and you think maybe she's gonna be like oh yeah but no she her eyes get wide and then she like aims right at his face with her martini and and that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, yeah. So the part, yeah, the party, the party doesn't go very well for uh, anyone in attendance, really. Yeah. So, but yeah, they get they get back onto back onto the set, and they're going through their scenes, just you know, same as always. But something something happened. They uh, missed a line and had to stop, or something. And the director is going to call Dorothy uh, slash Michael. He, he calls her Toots or something. Um, you know, some sort of you know name that you shouldn't uh, have called and you know dorothy responds to it and says you can't you can't call me that what are you what are you doing yeah Yeah, she she lets him have it once and for all i think because she says look i i'm not honey or tootsie or darling i have a name use my name and then Mm -hmm. she walks off and uh you know she goes back to her dressing room and julie comes in and says hey um because I guess it's around the holidays. She says, what are you, what are you doing for the holidays? Uh, me and my daughter are going to go upstate and we're going to go home. And uh, J- Dorothy slash Michael asks, you know, hey, well, is Rod the douchey director going to be there? And she says, you know, do you want him to not be there? And he was like, yeah, I really, I don't, if you, I don't want to be there, if mm-hmm. you, but I'd love to come hang out with you. And so um, he is apparently working. He's probably, I mean, with somebody else during the holidays or something. And uh, right, so sure. doesn't want to go and hang out with Julie and her daughter. So Dorothy slash Michael says, uh, I'd love to come. And so they, you know, but then now he has to figure out how to pack for this trip because it's going to be multiple days. Um, he's, you know, he, of course he's lying to Sandy, you know, he's, since he has the money to now invest in that play, he had to lie mm-hmm. about that. So, I mean, all these lies are kind of, you know, right. Uh, building one up over the other right and so now he's telling her that he's i don't even know what he said he was like i've got to go on this guy's trip or something and she's like oh okay all right and um Mm -hmm. yeah he yeah he ends up having yeah lying to sandy again about what he's what he's doing you know over the holidays because he's going to going up to the uh, family farm with julie and jeff tells him you know basically he says you're going to go to hell, dude. What are you doing? And, and Michael says, I don't believe in hell, but I do believe in unemployment. Right. So he's, he's bound and determined to keep this uh, gig as Dorothy going. So. Yeah. 
And you know, that's the cool thing about like best friends, right? Like Jeff is like, dude, this is not cool. It's getting a little out of hand, but he's mm-hmm. so, he still loves his friend. Right. So he's like, all right, whatever. Um, right. So Julie lives in a farm or she grew up on a farm and her mother, you realize um, had passed um, some mm-hmm. time ago. And um, so you know, they, they get to the farmhouse um, and Dorothy realizes that she's sharing a room and it's Julie's childhood room with yeah. Julie. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it just adds a, a little bit more of a challenge to this already yeah. complex and challenging situation, right? Where he has to pretend to be a woman for 24 yeah. hours. Yeah, the, uh, the acting... Acting like Dorothy went from uh, 16 hours a day to 24 hours a day for the whole time they're at this farm. Right. But yeah, so they're on, they're on the farm. Um, we meet uh, Julie's dad. He's there. Um, there's another one of these montages that you only get in these uh, 1980s movies. So they're on the farm. Like uh, you, know, Michael slash Dorothy and Julie are walking around the farm. You'll see her like riding on the back of this tractor with Julie's dad and yeah. doing mil- milking a cow and making dinner and and all sorts of these things. And uh, you are you're quickly learning that Julie's dad is uh, way into Dorothy way into Dorothy. Like he can't seem he's, and he's a really uh, famous actor too. Charles Durning. Yeah. Charles Durning. He's amazing. I love him. He was in a bunch of movies in the eighties and nineties as a character actor. And he Mm -hmm. is, he just, he can't keep his eyes off of Dorothy slash Michael. (laughs) And there's this really great um, song that is played during this montage. Um, uh, which is It Might Be You, which is performed by Stephen Bishop. It's a very, um, like it's typical early 80s kind of soundtrack. It did not win um, for best song, but it was it's a memorable one for sure. And you can tell that while Les, which is Julie's dad, is really into Dorothy, Dorothy is really starting to develop some very strong feelings for Julie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... Uh, so they end up kind of after this montage, they're back in the family room and uh, Michael, you know, dressed up as Dorothy is playing the piano and Julie and her dad are there and her dad starts singing along and Julie's going to, you know, kind of say, oh, I'm, I'm pretty tired. I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed. You don't need to come to bed yet. So she leaves, you know, uh, Dorothy and her dad there and they have kind of this little heart to heart he tells her you know about his wife passing away and how he hadn't really been with anyone since then but you but you know basically he's he's way into dorothy and uh you know dorothy doesn't you know doesn't throw it back she kind of kind of placates him and before she eventually is going to you know turn into bed herself so right uh she she does get into bed she lays down you know kind of next to to julie and they have kind of this kind of this neat little exchange right where where they're talking and Julie's talking about how this was her childhood bedroom and, you know, how excited she was to put on this wallpaper on the bedroom. And one of the lessons she learned from her mom was that when you're picking out wallpaper, you want to make sure that you really pick out the one that you want to see forever because it's going to be on your wall for a long time. Yeah. And this is really my favorite, um, this is my favorite scene. It, it's pretty short and you've described it. I mean, it, there's nothing really to it, but mm-hmm. she tells this really beautiful story and she's holding the pillow and she's very, she's very, um, she's like half asleep almost. 
and she says, yeah, you know, my mom, I, I picked out these, um, this wallpaper with big purple flowers on it. And my mom said that I could do that. But um, I asked my mom which one she picked and she wanted the one with the daisies and the little rosebuds because, you know, we could make plans for when the rosebuds finally did bloom. And mm -hmm. um, it's just a really beautiful story about, you know, the memory of her mom and Michael slash Dorothy is listening intently. And, you know, before he has gone into the bathroom and he's basically put a wig in curlers and then put the wig that's in curlers on his head. <laughs> so he's, mm -hmm. you know, really all done up and, and trying to kind of stay as far away from her in the bed as possible. So she doesn't get an idea that he's a man, um, right. but he reaches over and he touches the back of her head really gently. And she says, Oh, my mom used to do that. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a really, you can tell he, he's now fallen pretty hard for her and is really, really likes her, you know? Yeah. Well, he's, he's fallen for her and her dad has fallen for, for him or at least Dorothy. Right. So, uh, so the holiday is over. So they have to get back to work. So they're back on set, uh, going through the, uh, mailbag. And Dorothy has gotten a package and it's very clearly a, a box of uh, chocolates in a heart-shaped box. Um, and it's, it's a gift from Julie's dad. Uh, but he doesn't get a chance to open this package because he gets called into the producer's office. Um, and you, you kind of think they set it up where you think it's probably for something bad. But uh, he, no, he's uh, getting his contract renewed for another year, uh, which isn't great for... Michael, right? Like he, he was in it to basically do this one show so he could make a little bit of money. And then it turned into a whole season. And now it looks like he is going to have to be Dorothy for, yeah, for indefinitely going forward, right? They renewed his contract. So he calls his agent and says, I got, you know, I, I did the season, didn't really want to do the season, but I did the season. Now they want me to do another season. You need to get me out of this. And the agent says, well, you, you basically signed a thing that said that they could extend it, you know, Indefinitely, indefinitely. As, long, <laughs> as long as as long as they want and he's like what are you talking you can you have to find a way to get me out of this but it doesn't it doesn't sound good for getting him out of the contract yeah no and and he's you know the walls are starting to close in right he's like i, I can i can do this i can do this but mm -hmm. uh he's like i i can't do this for a whole n n more year like there's there's not there's no way and you right. know again worst agent ever is just like yeah you're you're you know, you're, you're toast. If you don't do this, then your career really will be dead. Right. And so, you know, uh, of course, Julie then calls and says, Hey, um, do you mind watching my daughter? Because I would like to go on on a date with Ron. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a glutton for punishment, Michael slash Dorothy is like, I'd love to. And so he, you know, he, she, goes in um, to the to the apartment and Ron comes in, Ron's the douchey director, right? And he, he says, hey, hun, do you mind if I call you that when we're not working? And she's like, no, I don't, like, I, I my name yeah. is still Dorothy, um, last I checked, like, don't call me those names. And Ron, you know, he kind of, he's got this smirk and he's like, you, you really don't like me. And she says, no. I don't, I don't like, I don't like the way you talk to Julie. I don't like the way you behave to Julie. I don't like the way you behave, you know, on set. I don't like the mm -hmm. way you treat people. No, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like you, but, but yeah, so they, he, but he ends up taking Julie out. They got on, uh, out on their, 
date. So, you know, it leaves uh, Michael you know, dressed up as Dorothy to uh, do some babysitting. And it's probably the first time that Michael has ever interacted with a child. You get that sense uh, for sure. Uh, babysitting's not going particularly good, getting you know spit up on and the baby just starts screaming and uh, just all sorts of uh, terribleness going on. But, but by the time Julie gets back, you know, her, her uh, kid had finally fallen fallen asleep so they do get a moment together when she gets back from her date with Ron yeah and she comes home um and says that you know she broke up she broke it off with Ron because she realized that he was you know really a giant douche and uh, um they kind of have this conversation where they're sitting on the couch and she says you know you've been such a great friend and I really I really you know I'm so I really love you as you know as a friend and you know, Michael slash Dora, he kind of leans in for a kiss and you almost think they're gonna. Mm-hmm. And then Julie kind of freaks out a little bit and is like, whoa, what's happening? What are you doing? And then Michael slash Dorothy goes into this diatribe of like, look, I've, I've, got, I've got so many things to tell you. I want to tell you the truth. You, sh-, you know, but it, it, it sounds like a crazy person talking. And mm-hmm. he's like, I, you know, I want, I want you to see me out of these clothes. You, you, and she's like, what? No, 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 no. That I'm not. No, no, that's yeah. not a thing. Um, yeah. The uh, hole he's digging just keeps getting deeper but he's kind of rescued by a phone call so so the phone's gonna ring and it's julie's dad calling telling her that he's coming down into the city and he really wants to see dorothy now now julie has just been dorothy had just tried to kiss julie so julie doesn't really know what's going on uh doesn't know what to think about dorothy at the moment but she basically says my dad's coming he wants to see you i don't care what you do don't hurt my dad's feelings Right, um, right. It's and so they so they do. They end up uh, going out. You know, the Michael has Dorothy and Julie's dad are going out on this uh, kind of dancing date. So they sit down at this table. Uh, he orders a uh, bourbon, and uh, you know, Dorothy just orders a water. And and then her dad says, "Well, all right, then it's enough of that. Let's get up and dance." And then uh, you know, Dorothy's like, "I'm gonna need a scotch." Then so. <laughs> never mind. I need a double scotch. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they so they do some dancing, but uh, Julie's dad is not going to be content with dancing. Uh, is not going to be content with you know the the one time they met at his farm. He's ready to uh, take it to the next level, and he gives Dorothy uh, an engagement ring. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you know, you know, and that's kind of what he says, right? Is he's like, you know, I I I loved one woman, and uh, and I know I know what I want, and this is what I want, and you know, uh, I know it's sudden and I, it's a lot, but, but please don't, um, don't give the ring back just yet. Like, think about it. Promise me you'll think about it. You'll take some time and think about it. And mm-hmm. of course, Michael slash Dorothy is like, Oh my, like, <laughs> he's like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> you know, right. He's like, I can't, I can't believe this. This is not, you know, because in his mind, he's like, I'm in love with your daughter. Like I, I'm, you know, and so mm-hmm. he, he, he gets out of there as fast as he can um, and he yeah. escapes. And yeah, he escapes. He escapes that one out of the uh, frying pan and in, into the fire, as they say, because he gets home and uh, his other co-star uh, there, the doctor from the show, uh, whose name is John or the tongue, if you remember from uh, earlier as we were going through this. Uh, so, yeah, he's just like standing outside of Michael's apartment. And he's asking to come up and, you know, Michael, you know, as Dorothy is like, nah, that's 
no, no, you don't need to, don't need to come up. But John's determined and he just starts belting it out opera style just in the middle of the street. So Michael's like, what? stop singing, stop singing. What are you doing? It's, you know, it's late at night, middle of the night. He's out there singing. All the neighbors are starting to, uh, to rustle around. So he eventually lets him up into the apartment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once he gets there, Michael slash Dorothy is like, look, I, I, this is not happening. This is not going to happen. I do not want you. I do. I don't have, you know, uh, and he's like, but why, why? And then, you know, in comes Jeff. <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> right? because yeah. you really think that this guy is not going to take no for an answer. I mean, it's not scary or anything. It's comedic, but he's very much like, oh, everyone, uh, you're going to love yeah. me. He's got the panaka. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he understands he's, you know, and Jeff, like, let's be honest, uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman's version of Dorothy Michaels is not a young person. Um, right. Jeff, uh, Jeff is played by Bill Murray, but looks much younger. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah, the, well, yeah the, at the time, Bill Murray was probably in his like late twenties, probably. Yeah. Right? And so he's like, Oh, I understand now. Oh, I got it. Okay. Bye. And so he leaves. Um, but then, you know, it, it's just not Dorothy slash Michael's night. It really isn't because then no. Sandy shows up. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's mad. He's, you know, cause he's out of town for all that he's missed all these dates she's she's totally upset you know to try to appease her well i guess we should say when she shows up michael is still dressed as dorothy so she's knocking at the door and michael's like i'm dressed up as dorothy i gotta i gotta go get in the shower and he's gonna throw out his i got soap in my eye excuse again jeff's standing there he's like oh i got i gotta get dressed so they end up leaving sandy out in the hall for like five minutes while they're while they're trying to get their uh uh you know kind of get their stories straight and get michael you know changed back into his regular clothes but she comes in she's super upset you know what's going on you know something's happened something's going on you're lying to me um but to appease her he says oh no i i'm not and i got you this gift and he gives her the uh, wrapped up box of chocolates which which seems to go okay until he realizes that there's still a card attached to it and the card obviously is from julie's dad so uh then she's totally confused about what what this card is who it's from she says who's less what is this and you know it, she's like stop lying to me don't lie to me just tell me what's going on and um mm -hmm. this is the moment that michael decides to tell her the truth but he doesn't tell her the truth that i would have picked he just says, I'm in love with another woman. And of course she screams and shrieks and I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. I and I don't take this kind of abuse from friends, only lovers. I only take this from yeah. lovers and we were friends. And so Michael is talking to, tries to calm her down and is like, well, are you still going to do the play? And, and she's like, of course I'm going to still do the play. I'm an actress. Like I can... Yeah, but, you so, know. so I want to do the play, but you know, as far as uh, them being together goes, that's that's over. But yeah, he never he never tells her that that he was you know playing you know this role as Dorothy, right? He right. Just says, yeah, no. just no, I'm I'm in love with another woman. Just just leaves it at, at that. So, but yeah, so so the bad night, I guess, is is finally over. <laughs> Nothing seemed to go right in this night for for sure. So still a lot of uh, loose threads to kind of tie up, but. Uh, you know, he swings by the agents. Agent says, can't get you off the show. You're on the show. Looked into it. <laughs> there was nothing I could do. Yeah. Um, so he's going to have to take matters into his own hands. So he's back on set. Uh, 
they're doing and something happened with the recording it didn't get recorded right or no someone spilled a drink on the on the uh the film i think so yeah. A- yeah. apparently i guess in the 80s i don't know if this is true or if this is true now but they would they would record some of this stuff and then if they needed to they would film some of it live in front of a studio audience i guess so uh so they're having they're gonna have to go live uh miss this whole scene so uh this is when uh michael is going to get his opportunity to uh to basically uh rid himself of this dorothy character right and so he, but first he goes to give um, the gift back to Julie, right? And uh, they have this conversation mm-hmm. and Julie's still really upset. And she, you know, lets Michael slash Dorothy know. She's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a lesbian. I'm, that's not me. Um, mm-hmm. She says, but I really have loved being your friend the last few weeks. You really taught me to stand up for myself. And, you know, it's because of you that I ha- I felt like I could, you know, I could tell Ron where to go and I didn't need him and I'm, I don't need mm-hmm. to, I, I don't have to hide anymore. And I really love you, but I can't love you like that because I'm, I'm not a lesbian, which I thought was really well done. Um, because not mm-hmm. at, at no point in this film, do you think that it's, that someone's like homophobic? Um, right. Sure. Well, that you think Julie is homophobic, right? Um, there mm-hmm. are a couple of instances where the guys, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, there's a little bit of that, but it's, it's still pretty benign, which I think is saying something because I would have, if I, I, when I, when I saw this, I was really expecting a lot more um, homophobic kind of behavior to come through. Sure, yeah. And she's really brokenhearted. Julie is really sad. She's crying and she, you know, tells Dorothy that to leave and kind of shuts the door in Dorothy's face. Um, Cause she's like, I love you, but I just, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. And so then, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so the, uh, so the live, uh, recording starts, you know, in front of the, in front of the audience. So, uh, you'll see, uh, Dorothy, you know, come out onto the, out onto the set and she's kind of at the top of the staircase. And as she's walking down the staircase, she goes into this big, long monologue, completely off script. No one knows what she's saying, where she's going with any of this. None of it's, you know, it's not making any sense in reference to the film. But she, she's talking about how, you know, her her character was uh, named em- Emily in the show, and about how Emily had died when she was little, and you know, picking up the torch for her, and it kind of gets to the bottom, and it rips his, uh, rips the wig off, and he says, "I'm not Emily Kimberly, I'm Edward Kimberly," and uh, you know, as as this big shocking reveal to the show, but also you know to everyone involved in the production, right, and. Julie is not not impressed with this at all. Right. So you see like Terry Gar's character, you see Sandy watching this live, shrieking, more freak out. You see, you know, all the 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 doctor who try, you know, kissed, you know, kind of forced to kiss on her. He's really shocked. All the producers are shocked. Everyone is just shocked, but Julie is not shocked enough um to, to, it does not does not keep her from slugging him in the stomach because she just goes right over and punches him. <laughs> she is yep. pissed. Yeah, punches him right in the stomach. Uh, you get the uh, snag comment from the director saying, "Well, that that's that's why he didn't. Yeah, he didn't like me, right? It wasn't because he was a total jerk the whole time. No, so. of course not. But, but yeah, so his his time on the show's over. So. <laughs> You'll see Michael, you know, walking through Central Park. There's a mime there that he just pushes over, I guess, because he's he's feeling down on himself for angry Michael. I, it's angry. Yeah, Michael. He, he's uh, I mean, he 
he only has himself to blame. I think he probably felt a little bad that he kind of he didn't really intend to hurt everyone's feelings or have it to have it end like that. But you know, he's he's in kind of a bad kind kind of a bad place. But we're gonna see him going up to uh, to the farm where uh, they were, where they went on the holiday. You'll see the Syracuse Playhouse. Um, I think it says the name of his of the the play that they were putting on um, yeah. there. So apparently the farm, you know, somewhere there in kind of upstate western New York. But uh, he's going to go into a bar, and Julie's dad is going to go into the bar and kind of sit, you know, a couple of seats down from him. You know, obviously her dad knows at this point that uh, he wasn't really Dorothy, but he's there to try to make amends to return the ring and yeah. to and to basically say that you know, I'm in love with your daughter, which yeah. Sounds sounds good. I think dads go for that, probably. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, it's interesting because, again, the only time you really see or hear any real homophobic reaction is he says, well, you know, you're like, you, you know, if I'd kissed you, I would have had to kill you. Right. He's right. like, thank God I didn't do any of that, um, which is, you know, uh, it, you know, it's it happens and then it kind of moves on, but he, he can tell the dad is like, you know, Julie really misses you. really misses Dorothy. Mrs. Dorothy. Yep. And um, he, you know, he's like, well, you know, I, maybe there's some hope there. So Michael ends up kind of making amends. Um, you know, they, they have, they share a drink and, you know, Michael ends up going to, the the studio the back door of the studio where all the actors come out and mm-hmm. he sees julie coming out and um she takes one look at him and she goes in the other direction she's not she's not gonna listen listen to anything he has to say but he t- does try to talk to her and he says you know i didn't mean to hurt anybody i was i was really trying to just at first it was about the work and then you know but you know i'm still me it, it, you know I, I wasn't acting about you know who i was inside and he right. says something, you know, he's like, I was more of a man act, you know, per, you know, as a woman with you than I've ever been as a man to anybody else. Right. And, um, she seems to take that at face value. Um, it's a really, it's a really neat scene because he does apologize. And then he's like, you know, and I saw your dad and I made amends with your dad and your dad who wanted to marry me. And, you know, uh, it, you know, he's forgiven me <laughs> basically. Right. right? And so surely you can, you can try to forgive me. Yeah. And, and she, and she does kind of forgive him. Right. So she, it, kind of the way she does, she just says, Oh, well, can I, I guess, can I borrow that, you know, whatever that green dress or whatever color dress. And Michael's like that one. No, that one, that, that's not for you. And uh, <laughs> they, they kind of laugh about it a little bit. And then uh, the film ends just with them walking off down the sidewalk. So yeah. Uh, so I guess they, they'd at least uh, made some sort of a amicableness there between them. So, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I found this ending to be very similar um, in how I felt to the ending of staying alive because okay. you, know, you felt like they sort of forgave each other or the, the woman in this case forgave the man, um, but you didn't really know where, where this was going to go. Like I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily get the feeling that Julie was going to start dating Michael. Um, but at least they were going to continue to be friends. And that's right. kind of how I felt at the end of uh, Saturday Night Fever. Life. Saturday Night Fever. Did it we all knew that. We all knew that's what you meant. You just love staying alive. You, <laughs> I just love staying alive. That's your favorite alive. one. It's the, it's the best. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I was, I, I had wanted a little bit more out of this ending because I really would have liked to have seen them uh, be together, but right. you know, I don't always get what I want. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I actually like a lot of times when films are left kind of open-ended to your own interpretation. So that way, no matter kind of what your own experiences are and how you feel about, you know, the characters and the way they're portrayed, you can sort of uh, figure that out for yourself. I don't, that's that's a weird situation to meet and fall in love with someone so i i don't i, I yeah. don't know that it was ever going to to move beyond a friendship sort of a thing but uh it's hard to say but but yeah that's how it ends so you know kind of has has made amends with with everyone except for sandy i guess so sandy's still still out there out there on her own so yeah yeah but she's gonna be she's gonna headline that play she'll be fine right she'll, she'll be fine she'll be okay she'll be all right but, and you know, yeah. eventually she will be with someone who is not, you know, who values her, you know, as a lover, as well as a friend, because I definitely think that Michael totally took advantage of that situation. And sure, yep. he made some, you don't think he's a bad guy, but he made some really bad decisions. And then he didn't, you know, once he realized that they were bad decisions, because I think when he decided to try and sleep with Sandy, he really did like her. But he had no idea that he was going to develop these, you know, very strong feelings for someone else. And, you know, he's kind of kidding himself because he's like, well, I've never told Sandy we were exclusive. And it's like, no, but dude, you know, right. Sandy. And she was very upfront with you the next morning when she was like, am I ever going to see you again? So if the idea was that, hey, this isn't going to be exclusive. Yeah, maybe she... that's the one you should have said it. Or maybe it was before you were like, I want you, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she basically gave him an out, right? Like, I don't think that he had any intention of, you know, hooking up with her in, in the first place. And then it just kind of, it kind of happens to cover up, you know, what he was doing. And yeah, she gave him, gave him an out, but he, he didn't take it and ended up stringing her along. So, yeah. But so, um, had you seen this before this weekend? Is this something you've seen a couple of times or? I had, I had, I remember watching this. Actually, I think I watched it with my dad. Um, okay. I remember seeing Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, mm -hmm. There's, yeah, just walk with me. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing Mrs. Doubtfire and thinking that it was a really interesting and new idea um, that a man is dressing as a woman um, to, mm -hmm. you know, Make, make ends meet or as a means to an end for something right and my dad was like no my dad was not a fan of robin williams pretty much anything he did my dad did not like so my dad probably to not okay. watch that show was like look this was done before and it was done mm -hmm. way better <laughs> and it was you know it's done by dustin hoffman and right. you know i'm like you know i was one years old when this movie came out so He's like, it's so much fun. It's so much more fun. It's so much better. So I remember watching this with my dad and I only saw it that one time. So um, yeah, this, so this will be the second time I'd seen it. Okay. Yeah, this was this was the first time that I'd um, seen this one uh, was for this. Like I said, it came out in 1982. So we both would have been, you know, way too young to have seen it when it, you know, had first come out. But yeah, it's, um, it's interesting kind of the, comparison there with mrs doubtfire which also won the golden globe for best uh comedy and yeah. musical as as well but yeah same same kind of thing right where you, the the main character is just kind of kind of forced into the situation and it's not doing it to you know be vindictive or you know 
just just trying to do it kind of kind of for pure reasons kind of for selfish reasons but you know ends up you know causing some uh hurt along the way you know yeah in sort of an unintentional kind of uh, manner so yeah and it's got it's got enough slapstick in it i mean i think i do think that tootsie holds up really well i mean again mm-hmm. I was very surprised that it was a, a lot less homophobic than I thought it was going to be, just given right. the time. Um, and you know, I, I thought that that was that was interesting. Um, and you know, Dustin Hoffman. This was before he won because um, he did win an Academy Award for Kramer versus Kramer, so he'd won one at that point. Because um, Kramer versus Kramer was in 1977, I want to say 1978, maybe. Um, but this, it would be another six, seven years before he won a, uh, an Oscar for Rain Man. Um, so it's kind of an interesting timeline there. Right. For sure. But yeah, so that's, that's Tootsie. It, like you said, it, it held up pretty good. I was, I was surprised. I liked Bill Murray's acting in it. I, I, well, I liked Bill Murray anyway, and he basically just acted like Bill Murray. Uh, but you know, super, super dry. I was, I was, you know, pleased with with his. The acting is all really good. Like you said, it the humor in it, you know, holds up even you know this this far on, you know, forty years later almost. So, uh, but yeah, that's Tootsie. Let us know uh, if you've watched it at home. What your thoughts about the movie are? If it's something you've uh, seen before or not seen before, definitely let us know. And if you end up making a Dubonnet cocktail, let us know that. Let us know how you like it because it wasn't our favorite, but we could definitely see how people would like it. So let us know um, or send us some pictures. It's a very nice looking drink. So so definitely get some, get some pictures of that. So uh, you can tag us with those pictures and your comments about the movie um, on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at drinkthemovies and on facebook.com slash drinkthemovies. Our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com, has the recipe, episode recaps, um, all sorts of stuff on there. Uh, So you can check that out as well. Michaela, why don't you tell people where they can uh, listen to the podcast? Sure. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribed. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review because it really helps us get the Drink the Movies out there. Yeah, absolutely. And now we have, we've finally finished our roll and we finished our Dubonnet cocktails. I think it's time to uh, whip up a new cocktail and talk about a different movie. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. And we'll talk to you all next time on Drink Drink the the Movies. No, that wasn't that good. Oh, it wasn't? That sounded amazing on my side.